Episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 59, and I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me, Monday morning a dish. Mr. Brian Klemecki, how you doing, Brian? Um, as good as I can be after uh, that loss yesterday. Yeah, you and I were talking about the seven stages of grief. Yeah. Uh, you know what? When it comes to losing, I think I'd rather lose that way. Nah, man. You'd rather lose like on a last second three? Yeah. Give me the, like the one point loss, three point loss, than a 20 point blowout for sure. I think I'll take the 20 point blowout. Like, as, cause then as like angry as I was, and like I turned the game off halfway through the third quarter when they extended it to 18, I was like, this is, this is over. I know, but at least like during the whole game, you're sitting there, you're like, you're enjoying yourself, you're rooting, you know, you're feeling, you know, you, you have like this emotional high all game. I mean, yeah, it comes crashing down at the end, but <laughs> if you're sitting there watching a 20-point blowout, you know, you got 20 minutes of you're just steaming, watching your team, like, yep, brick, up, oh, turnover, turnover, oh, another cut him, trade him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. left that guy wide open again. Yeah. Oh, well, Grant Williams hit his 16th three today. Great. I saw a stat that they outscored the Bucks yesterday by 54 points from three. Yeah, it was like 19 to four at one point for three-point uh, made shots. It was ridiculous. So, I mean, they just... The thing I thought about it more. So, other than Game One, Boston was the better team in this series. Uh, maybe. I think it was pretty even. Honestly, it, it, it was close. But like, if I think about Game Five when the Bucks won, they had to come back fourteen down. Okay. They lose Game Six by double digits. Handily. Okay. And then they lose Game Seven by twenty-five. I mean, like, I mean, Boston game- seemed to be the at least. The last three games, for sure, they seem to be the better team by eight to ten points. Sure, I mean, if they would have pulled out Game Four, they're up by double digits, like most of the second or second and third quarters. Like they just let that one slip away. But if you're up, you know, three one going to Boston, yeah, uh, it's different. Yeah, they they need to win Game Six for sure. Yeah, you there's no excuse to to lose that one. That was a good chance to close it out at home. Yeah. And I knew, and then like on top of it, I don't know how much of like the community stuff impacted everything, but you lose game six, the whole deer district, you get the whole deer district thing where, you know, 20 people are shot. Yeah. Uh, I I heard like nine to 12 guns were confiscated. Yeah, man. I mean, you get all that stuff and then you get the, you know, the police and the city shutting down the watch party. I I don't know how much the players had to deal with that or, you know, were, were watching that. But like as a city, it's just kind of just a kick in the nuts to the end of, you know, another another good year. What's your take on that? Do you think they're going to bring it back ever, like next year? I don't know. The city of Milwaukee has a problem, like actually most major cities do. Yeah, over the last couple of years with gun and violence and yeah. stuff. Uh, with with stuff like that, that's outdoors. I don't know how you make it safer. I mean, you you're essentially like Summerfest, but you're laying up two block like area but at least like Summerfest, you're still in closed yeah you still have to enter a gate where they can do metal detectors well they did that they 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 so not last so last year it was wide open there's nothing there was like one bathroom and like one food truck and like sixty thousand people like there's no security this year they put up like fences 
granted it was like the weakest fences ever yeah um they tried making like actual entry points and metal detectors um but it, to me there's just no like adequate sufficient crowd control and police presence in the area sure you got some cops on the fringe but like my biggest thing was like some eight-year-old kid's gonna be trampled you know yeah you know that was my biggest fear when there were sixty thousand people out there um, so I think Cavalier Johnson and the city of Milwaukee got to sit down and really look at this and say, how can we put like a security action plan in place? So this never happens again. And to be fair, the shooting wasn't at the deer district. It was a block away, was but block I mean, away. you got everyone pouring out from deer district into Highland Avenue. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have come from deer district, could have not have, but I mean, the point remains the same. You need to have an adequate police presence and, um, su- sufficient security down there. Yeah. Agreed. It's just, it's too bad because it's, it's such a cool scene. Oh, right? it's amazing. You, 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 you're watching the game on national TV, which yeah. for Milwaukee fans is a, is a big deal where we, yeah. we are a small market and, you know, they show outside the stadium and there's, a city out there. There's sixty to eighty thousand people watching and cheering and jumping and yeah, like that's what sports is about. I don't know if if you've never seen Deer District. Deer District, it's definitely like a bucket list item. I'd say if you're a Milwaukee sports fan, the sight of seeing twelve thousand people. I mean, at one point uh, last year with the Suns, it was sixty thousand to hundred thousand yeah. people. That was the wildest scene I've ever seen in my life. Of like a collective like fifteen thousand people just pulling in one direction, chanting, screaming, you know, just rooting for the Bucks, and you know, being Milwaukee sports town, like that's phenomenal. Not to mention for all the restaurants and the bars downtown. Big loss with them shutting down Deer District. Yeah, well, then, and yeah. then a curfew. It's yeah. Saturday night. Uh, they had a Saturday night curfew, yeah, which that kills the bar industry. Yeah, I can't imagine they're thrilled. And then you get a Sunday afternoon playoff game, which again will get people back it's downtown for weather. drinking. And yeah, yep. beautiful day yesterday. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, a few yeah. bad actors had to shut it all down. And yeah, you know, luckily I don't believe anybody died from the incident. But you know. <clears throat> As someone with young a young family, like yeah, I, I, I mean, don't want fifteen year old kids are getting shot, man. I, I don't want to go down there and deal with that. No, it is not. I mean, honestly, I would not bring anyone under the age of eighteen to that. Yeah, which no is way. sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is sad. I mean, there's drugs everywhere. People smoking weed. Now there's guns down there. You're you know body to body. There's beer flowing everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of bad uh, things that can happen if you have a 10 year old kid down there let's be honest yeah so i mean yeah it's not family friendly it's definitely like a 21 over over kind of situation yeah oh well yeah so that was unfortunate and then you know obviously the the bucks lose yesterday and now they the worst part too when you lose in the playoffs is like there's still another month of nba to go yeah I'm gonna watch. I, I won't watch any of it. You won't watch any of it. Oh no. my god! I'll I'll keep tabs on it. I mean, you got what Golden State and Dallas on the West, dude. Luca and Steph, that's Lu- legit. Did, <laughs> did you see the score at halftime? Was Luca 27, Phoenix yeah. 27? Yes. Yeah, dude. I mean, dude, Luca. Man, I think Giannis. It's it's Giannis and Luca. I think are like the next like the wave here. They're one two to me in top players in the NBA. So yeah. Um, yeah, the KD, LeBrons are starting to phase out. You're starting to see the Giannis's, the Lucas, you know, the John Morants. And so. then you got Boston and Miami. Miami. I think the star power is more in the Western Conference. I mean, Miami, you got Jimmy. Um, you got more Jimmy defense versus in Tatum. The, in the, de- more defensive-minded teams in the East, and you got more um, star power in the West. You know, the Currys, the Clays, uh, hometown boy Jordan Poole, yeah. Um, Luca. Yeah, so Jason, yeah. Jason Kidd. <laughs> yeah, Jason Kidd. And Steve Kerr cleared COVID protocols. Oh, so good for him. He'll be back on the sidelines. 
All right, man. Well, we'll see. I'll keep tabs on the NBA, but I probably won't watch too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's my way of grieving, pretending it doesn't exist until yeah, October, you, November. Just got to put it in a box, tuck <laughs> it away, and now we're on to football and sort That's of right. baseball season. I don't think anyone under the age of 40 watches baseball, honestly. Uh, I do. Ooh, uh, but only Brewers baseball. I'll admit I'm not tuning into like a Phillies-Braves game. All nine innings? Like you're sitting down, yeah. ooh, that's rough. Dude. Well, so the thing is I'm old, so I go to bed pretty early. So like okay. if they have a 7 o'clock pitch, I'll watch like innings 1 through 6. Oh, man. And then I go to bed. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Don't want to watch the bullpen, just give it up, huh? No. Mm. Fair. Uh, Fair. But first team Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've had they're a doing, super easy schedule. Yeah, so they're just far. beating up on the crappy Reds and stuff. But the Reds took two out of three of them. Which was, did, yeah. speaking of the Reds, I know you're not a baseball guy. Did you see they lost a game while getting no hit yesterday? All right, so they they I threw, mean, if they you get, threw if they, you get no they, hit, they, they threw a no hitter. Oh, they threw a no hitter and, they and lost. lost. What did they do like walk? They like, walk a guy in or he scored on an error or something. Yeah. I mean, Reds baseball for you. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's brutal, man. Yeah, that's brutal. So I probably won't start watching baseball till like after July. That's probably when, and and even then, it's like I'll I'll wait till like the postseason, kind of. Yeah, the problem with baseball is like they just make every decision to make it as unwatchable as possible. Facts. Yes, like they don't appeal to any of the younger generation. It's you know if you're forty and older, like that you know that's the game for you, but. Like they they had the the juiced baseballs for a while. Like that's what it should be, man. Like yeah, I want to see guys hitting five home I runs. I want to see the games like eight to seven. Yeah, not like one nothing. One nothing, or yeah. you know the Reds throwing a no hitter and still losing one to nothing. I don't know. Baseball's got a problem with the whole steroid thing. Now it's the whole ball conspiracy. Like every like every three months, there's like a, oh they oh. changed the balls. Like okay, there's just no consistency. Well, and then the older generation, like my my dad, who still loved baseball. Then you have the lockouts every five years, yeah. Or you know strikes, and yeah. now he doesn't watch it because he's like, "What the? Why? Why yeah. can't you figure this out?" So, yeah. baseball definitely has a problem. Yeah. You know who doesn't have a football? Who doesn't have a problem? Football. The NFL. The NFL. They yes, are sir. king. Uh, so before we dive into the NFC East, because that's where we're heading with our kind of divisional breakdowns here in May. Some old man quarterback news over the weekend. Yeah. Do you want to start with Brady or you want to start with Breeze? Let's start with Brady. Brady. So the news is uh, that whenever Tom retires, he will be joining Fox in their broadcast team, making $37.5 million per year, a 10-year, $375 million contract. So I saw a couple takes on this. One, that's like more than double the next highest paid broadcaster. I think Romo's at like 18. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Second, I saw a lot of takes that were like, oh, there's now there's 330, 375 million reasons for Tom Brady to retire. Yep. <laughs> but, let, but let's get this straight. Brady's never been about the money. Yeah, Giselle's the bread maker there, man. Yeah, all right. So he doesn't need it. Like, okay, like, great. Don't get me wrong. That's a nice little nest egg to have for yeah, the next Yeah, a nice little years. retirement account there. <clears throat> but, um, like, if Brady wants to keep playing for $25 million a year, he will. You think so? I don't know, man. If Giselle sees $375 million staring at her in the face, being like, Tom, you don't ever have to break your ankle or tear an ACL again, and you got three hundred seventy-five staring at you? Uh, but that three hundred seventy-five is still going to be there. Whether it's next year or the year after Very that. Very true. Very true. 
Right. Now, every year that it goes on, that 37 and a half, you know, with inflation and everything, you'd, you'd probably like to get that money now. <laughs> oh, poor inflation for Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to be able to eat. Yeah, man. Um, bread's costing like three bucks a loaf, dude. <laughs> it milk's up. Gas is up. How are the how are the Brady's going to eat? Um, it's the parent-teacher conferences that are going to get them in the yeah. soccer practices. And there's more of those if you're a broadcaster because yeah. there's no training camp for broadcasting. There's no yeah, OTAs for exactly. broadcasting. So, but at the same time, during football season, he'd still be on the road 17, 18 weeks out of the year. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's something he's excited to do. Also, I think with the amount that they're paying him, there's got to be more than just being in the booth. Like, he's got to almost be like a, like a brand ambassador. That's like, what I say. He's going to be their ambassador of yeah. football, football for Fox. Yeah. Yeah, because that is a crap ton of money. My, do you think he's going to be a good analyst? Yes. Like Romo level, or better than Romo, because that's like the expectations with three hundred and seventy-five staring at you. Correct. Um, Romo so, had zero expectations coming into it, and Brady has you better perform because you're locked in four hundred million ton of money. And then you look at well, the other guy we we're going to talk to, Drew Brees, who's out after a year. Yeah, he was not great. Um, Rome. So personally, I'm not a huge fan of Romo. Yeah. Um, Wait, what? I don't like Romo as a broadcaster. Explain. He, he, he kind of annoys me. Explain. The he's too excited. Okay. Um, I don't know. He just he just bothers me. I will say, like, he does a phenomenal job of kind of breaking the game down for fans, showing people what the quarterback's going through. Like, yeah. he he is probably the best color. Yeah, commenter absolutely in the game, uh, so I'll give him his credit. I, he just kind of rubs me the wrong way, and I think him and Nance are a bad pairing. That what? You are my opinion. Hey, everybody's entitled the to their other stupid side of opinions the with that <laughs> with that argument. I know, and that's fine. And CBS is going to keep making them their number one. Broadcasting. So you like you like Fox's old crew with Aikman and Buckmore, or um, uh, Michaels and Chris Collinsworth? Like, what's your favorite crew? Michaels and Collinsworth are Michaels, my favorite. Okay, so now it's going to be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Which I'll I will love. I that. love that. Too. I love Kirk Herb Street. I love, but I also Michaels. like Herb Street and uh, who's he do the games with Reese Davis. Yeah, on a uh, college game day. Yeah. yeah, and they're in the premier ESPN game. Yeah, love that. So I'm a big fan of Herb Street. Um, but at the pro level, I would say it was Michaels and Collinsworth. Um, no, it's Tarico and Collinsworth. Yeah, Tarico's fine. I like Tarico. I just I'm not a Collinsworth guy. The the voice the voice kills me. I can't do it. Uh, just like his scratching. See, He's like, the, it's always like a this guy. But that's how I feel about uh Romo. Romo. He's just got that like it sounds fake excited to me at times. Oh man, really? Yeah. That's I don't, I don't know. know. It's just I'm my opinion. It. It's just my opinion. Uh my dumb opinion. <laughs> um you know, the Buck and Aikman thing, I, I like Buck and Aikman. I know Packers fans hate Aikman because they feel like he hates the Packers. Uh, same with Joe Buck, but I think they're good. Aikman does get in these weird – he goes down with some weird tangents, though. Aikman was like in the last year of his deal, and this past season you could kind of tell like he was kind of getting off the rails, calling guys out during the middle of the games. Like he wasn't going to do that. Like uh, Say, like for instance, like a Jameis Winston throws a pick there. He would just criticize the crap out of him like mid-game. Like he wasn't doing that before. So, yeah. I mean, I liked him this past year. Yeah, well, and him and Buck both, I think, both turn that in. They're making like yeah. twenty million next year with uh, where do they go? ESPN for yeah. Monday Night Football. Rule of thumb: If you're an NFL player, get your communications degree ASAP. 
Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> uh, a lot of people talk about it, and actually, if you look at like NFL agents, the the bigger agencies all have like a broadcasting team. Like, hey, if you want to get into this, we have connections with the networks and whatnot. Great post secondary career. Yeah. The problem is like not a lot of people are comfortable on TV. Yeah, yeah. You mean you, you, you got to work at it's it. An you got to be good skill. at it. Yeah, yeah. So back to Brady. The reason I think Brady will be good at it is since he's been out of New England, you're seeing him come out of his shell. True. Did the, you see the TikTok the with the uh, yeah? And he's doing the like you know it was a fumble, the tuck rule thing. Oh yeah. Like he's starting to show his personality, where I think Belichick did a really good job of keeping all that shit in house. Yeah, I agree there. Um, so he's personable. He obviously knows the game. Yeah, I I hope he's phenomenal. I mean, everyone's going to benefit if he's phenomenal. No one wants him to fail a broadcast because it won't be enjoyable. Right. With that type of investment, yeah, I would like to think Fox did some sort of vetting process. How would you vet, though? What they do with other broadcasters is, okay, here's a game film, and you need yeah. to like, do an addition. Yeah, you think, I mean, I hope he did that, but I mean, there's no way to know real time like how he's going to perform. No, not until week one. Yeah. Also, you got to find the right partner with him. Mm-hmm. You so, think Kevin Burkhardt's going to be the good partner with him? No. Is that who they're going to do? Yeah. 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 I know. I know. I think he might last one year and they'll find somebody else. Kevin? Kevin Burkhardt. Oh, yeah. okay. I, thought, I was like, no, no, Tom? No. Tom's <laughs> in it. Tom is guaranteed that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you got to have the right guy with Brady. But I think I think he can be fun and I think he'll I think I think he'll do a good job. And he's super competitive, so if like after week one he's getting shit, like I think he'll work at it. You think there's gonna be a bunch of like uh like bleacher report, like head to head, like him versus Romo uh, calls, like keeping track, like, yep, Tom guessed this play right, Romo guessed this play right. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. Right. So uh you know, good for Brady. And maybe this does incentivize him to retire. Although he seemed to have, he was going to retire this year, until yeah. until he wasn't. Yeah, until he realized that being a normal person sucks. Yeah, um, but maybe this is enough to keep his drive going. And yeah, I don't need to break my ribs. And yeah, speaking of broken ribs, Drew Brees. Drew. So he is no longer at NBC Sports. Mm-hmm. He released a tweet saying, you know, the I, I forget how he worded it. Like, the rumors aren't true. Like, yes, I'm no longer with NBC, but, you know, these are the eight things I'm going to focus on. It was kind of like a joke. Yeah. But one of them included playing football. playing football. And then yesterday night he tweeted, because the Jarvis Landry signing is official yep. down in New Orleans. So now they got Michael Thomas, assuming he's healthy, Chris Olave, and Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. Not a bad receiving crew. Yeah, you're loaded. Yeah. Um, and Drew Brees tweeted, this would be fun to play with, oh thinking about coming back. So what's your take? You think he's coming back? <clears throat> well, before we get to that, is Drew Brees better at 40, what is he, 42? Hold on, let me confirm age here. <laughs> 43. 43. Is a 43-year-old Drew Brees who hasn't played football for a year better than Jameis Winston? Uh, I think he's smarter than Jameis by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to say that with a straight face there. Uh, is he a better thrower of the football at this point in his life? No, I don't think so. I think 
I don't know if he can throw the ball 20 yards, honestly. So, you know, I saw some people saying that, and, like, his last game as a Saint was a three-interception. Brutal. But if you also remember, like, he had, like, nine broken ribs, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. I mean, he was beat to hell. He had the shoulder injury. His ribs were shot. Yeah. But part of that's because you were playing football at 41. Yeah. So, you know, if he comes back, can he find a little fountain of youth by taking a full year off? Uh, I don't know. I think if I'm the Saints, I'd probably still rather roll with Jameis. Plus, you got to pick up uh, his contract where it left off. Yeah. Well, $25 million or something like that. Like, that's yeah. a big price for uh, unknown. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, the whole, like, lack of arm strength kind of showed, like, the entire last season he played. Um, him in that last playoff game just looked real ugly with the broken ribs, like we said. Just not even be able to get any, like, zip on the ball whatsoever. It was pretty pretty bad there's just no deep threat and then if you're playing nfl defenses and they just know you can't go past 25 yards you're just really shooting yourself on the foot you just know sean payton anymore in new orleans so like that element's gone we'll see what happens with alvin kamara but there's just a lot of things that um really aren't in place there with how we really want to remember how drew Brees was like yeah so i do think if he did come back and he did start Kamara's fantasy value skyrockets. Skyrocket. Captain Checkdown, man. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Hey, man. Alvin won me a championship. <laughs> Shout out, Drew. Yeah. Thanks, exactly. bro. Exactly. Take that 800-ish. <clears throat> All right. So back to your question. Do I think he comes back? No, I don't. I think he's just kind of having some fun on Twitter. Kinda yeah. Kind of stirring the pot a little yeah. bit. Um, he's 43. And he was beat to hell. And I think he probably still remembers how that felt. Yeah. He's wearing like a Kevlar <clears throat> jacket during that game, man. Well, dude, broken ribs, like, and getting tackled by three hundred men, like, you can puncture lungs. And yeah, he did have a punctured lung, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So, mm. Mm, yeah, I I wouldn't do it. No. Drew, please stop. Just stop. <laughs> just, just stay out. Yeah. Not well, everybody I'm going can out be. Brett Favre and commit some welfare fraud or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about the fraud part, but uh, you can go hang out in Mississippi. Yeah. Um. So I thought that was kind of a fun little Twitter weekend. It was a slow news week, so kind of fun to talk old men and what they're going to do with their lives. All right, let's transition now over to the NFC East. So you got a whole list of notes here that we can run through. Uh, Let's start here, though. Who wins this division? Eagles. All right, I'm sticking with Dallas. Eyes closed, Eagles. Like, not even close? Like, not, like, like, by, like, two games? By two games, yeah. <clears throat> All right, I'm sticking with Dallas, just because Mike McCarthy is the regular season champion. Um, So your questions here, do you have can Dallas... Oh, wait, first, before we do that. Uh, you want some over-unders? Yeah, yeah, so... Right. um, And I have this prepared. So according to uh, ESPN, they have over-under win totals for the 2022 season. First, let's backtrack real quick to the NFC North because we didn't have this last week. They agree with our assessment on the order. So the from highest to lowest, Green Bay is at 11. Minnesota is at 9. Detroit is at 6. And Chicago is at 6.5. So they actually have Detroit finishing last again by yeah. half a game. The Packers with that over-under win of 11 
would be tied for third with the best. Uh, Tampa at 11 and a half and Buffalo at 11 and a half. Okay. So at 11, they have the Packers with the third best record in football. Thoughts on that? I think that's pretty much spot on. I think we were talking about like maybe 12 wins last week. Um, I mean, you play in like one of the weakest divisions in football, if not the like weakest. So you're guaranteed pretty much like five, six wins right there. You might, you know, throw one away to like the Vikings or whatever. But I mean, you're already starting off with half your wins in your division. Yep. And you play like the Jets, the Patriots, you know, you're going to, you're going to be up there in double digit wins. So I, I would say over on the 11 there. I would go over on the 11 as well. Minnesota at nine is probably the toughest one. You're a Minnesota guy. I'm high on them. I think they can – well, let me put it this way. I think they can win 10 games. So you're taking the over. I also think they could win six. Okay, so where are you at? Pick uh, a side here, buddy. If it was – You said they're making if the it playoffs was, if it was, pretty emphatically last week. If it was eight and a half, I'd feel way more comfortable with the over. Okay. Let's say for kicks and giggles, it's, it's nine and a half. Nine and a half? Nine and a half. I think the smart money there would be to take the under. Yeah. I think like nine, ten wins, though, is eight, nine, ten wins is right where they're going to be. Okay. Um, I think they're going to be able to put up points this year. Yeah. But the offensive you... line still scares me a little bit. Um, and I don't, I don't know if they did enough to address that. You're still trusting Kirk Cousins. You get, yeah. You Kirk really got a kind of a sieve of defense now. Everyone's gotten old or retired or left or... I mean, you got Daniil Hunter, and that's kind of about it. And like a 30-plus-year-old Eric Hendricks, Patrick Peterson's on the wrong side of 30. Like, you're looking at a couple of rookies now trying to produce. They got, got my boys. Who seen. seen? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we'll see, but I don't know. They're going to be a very different Vikings team than the ones in the past. Like, I think they're going to win games like 35 to 30. They're going to have to. But yeah. then that also, like I said, that you're trusting Kirk Cousins to put up 34 points. <laughs> with Justin Jefferson and Thielen and yeah, like they got weapons to do it. So uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take the over just because I'm going under. Stick to my guns there. Uh, Bears at six and a half. I think I'm gonna take the under there. Big I, under. I think the Bears are gonna win like four games this year. Maybe, maybe. And Detroit at six. You know what? I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the over. I'm think I'm thinking seven. Yeah, yeah. That's about right. I feel good about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good about the Bears being under. The Vikings one is... Bears might have the worst roster in the league. They... I'm in Seattle. Probably 1-2 there. So last question, and we'll get back to the yeah. NFC East. If the Bears win three games, okay. if they have the worst roster in football, okay, they are now pick number one, two, or three. I'm not taking a quarterback. That's what I was going to ask you. I know. I'm not because you can't you can't judge Justin Fields off of just giving him Darnell Mooney like and no you, offensive line. and no offensive line like you're not helping him out so you have to give him an actual like supporting cast to even show what he can do if you're gonna kick the can you know just kick the can down the road here and and take another quarterback and restart like I mean what what have you done the last two years and if you're the Bears right <clears throat> you have pick one pick two pick three. You have to trade out of that pick for a team that is desperate for a quarterback, oh, yeah. and you got to reload with picks because you need Fact. so much help. Yeah, yeah, so much help. I mean, I mean, if you're like top three pick, there's going to be 
suitors there to trade back with. So you get a King's Ransom, maybe like the whole like San Fran deal for Trey Lance. Yeah. Like you get three firsts. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's going to be there this year. Got to do it. All right, let's get back to the NFC East. So over under win totals for the NFC East. Um, Dallas, 10.5. Under. I'm going to go over. Philly at 9. Over. Also going to take the over. So you got the NFC East getting like two Way better. Way better. Okay. I really like what Philadelphia has done so far this offseason. Um, and then you got, where are the Giants? The Giants at 7. And the Commanders at 7.5. So they got this division going Dallas, Philly, Washington, New York. Uh, I'm going to go, you said Giants are at 7. I'm going to go under. Yeah, me too. And then you said the commies are at what, seven and a half? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh sorry, NFL, you brought that on yourself. Um <laughs> I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I think they're gonna get an eight. Around there. Yeah. I, I think you're gonna have like Dallas at twelve, Philly at like ten, maybe eleven. Yeah. Which makes me worried about Washington just because the interdivision games, but I think they could get to eight wins and then I think I think New York's going to be picking the top five again. I think so too. And they're probably looking to replace Daniel it's pro- Jones. It's only because of Dan Jones. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but you got Dallas with like twelve-ish wins. Like that's like potential one seed. Yeah, I'm high on Dallas, man. Oh they God. and they are a phenom- Like, look, I think they'll probably lose in the You're first say round of the playoffs. Phenomenal. What's phenomenal about Dallas? They're a phenomenal regular season football team. At beating bad teams yes. and losing to good teams. Yep. <laughs> Did uh, I believe they have? According to last year, I believe they have the weakest strength of schedule this year. Yeah, I mean they they play Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz twice. I think they get the Bucks like opening weekend. They'll probably lose by ten plus. I would uh, imagine. I don't know what the line is yet. I don't think they even have lines posted yet for no. week one. But they play. Um, they they have a brutal opening. They go <laughs> uh, Tampa at home. And then you get the defending Super Bowl runner-ups in Cincinnati. Loss. Week two. Uh, you get the Giants week three, Commies week four, Rams week five. Loss. So through, it could be two and three. Yeah. That's a rough, you're, I mean, you're, you're in October now and you're two and three. Uh, Philly, doesn't get any easier. Loss. But then here's where it starts to get easy. Then they get the Lions, the Bears, the Packers on the road. That's going to be a loss. <laughs> that's going to be a loss. <laughs> uh, but then Vikings, winnable. Giants, oh, shit. Winnable. Um, Colts, winnable. Texans, winnable. Jaguars, winnable. Eagles at home. Tennessee, Washington. But I mean, just think about you said we got Tampa, we got Cincy, we got Packers, we got the Eagles twice. That could be five losses right there. LA. LA. The Rams. Uh, so that's six losses. I mean, you still stay on that. That's on that eleven 12. and eleven and six. Still stay on that twelve win pace there. All right. It, it can't happen because if you split with Philly. Okay. I split with Philly. What if you lose to the Lions? <laughs> I mean, th- those are the games they got to take advantage of, right? Because they do have yeah. a brutal start. Yeah. But they also have a very easy finish. Yeah, but dude, and, and like Tennessee could be terrible this year. I know, but anything can happen past Halloween because the injuries mount up. Yep. You don't know, like you know, Dak 
tears his ankle again. I don't know, man. It's just the I I just want to look at the first four. Get out of September with like a three and one record, four and zero record, and then you're cooking with gas. But I mean, if you start if you're starting maybe two and three, and someone gets injured, like a you know, say CD Lamb goes down, and like you're looking at Michael Gallup with the torn ACL, CD Lamb's gone. You're looking at like Jalen Tolbert and Dalton Schultz. Yeah, but that's true for any team. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, like to your point of they finish they finish easy. Like I wouldn't say anything's easy past Halloween. Yeah, true. It's the NFL. Winning mm-hmm. games is hard. Yep. On the flip side, if they can get through their first, how many games? Is this one, two, three, four, five, six games. If they can be like four and two. Yeah. Then they're sitting real good. Yeah. Then you're cooking with gas. If you can, if you can get out there, you know, four and two. Five and one, all right. Now you're going somewhere, but I mean, if you start two and three, whew. yeah, it's tough. And then you, and then you're going to Philadelphia. Yeah, you could be sitting two and four pretty mm-hmm. easily. Uh, the Eagles, on the flip side, they start a little easier. They kick off with the Lions, W, Vikings, W, Washington, W, Jaguars, W, Arizona. W. In Arizona? In Arizona. Ooh. I'll say a loss. And then Dallas at home. W. On Sunday Night Football. Yeah, dude. Eagles? I th- I'm high on the Eagles, man. And then they got the Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts, Packers. It's going to be like it's gonna Titans, be like Giants. October 1st, and it's going to be like 1-6, and, and you're going to be like, I told you so. Yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles have a way easier road than yeah. Dallas does. Mm-hmm. So let's get to my first question. Do you think Dallas is going to repeat as a division winner? So I've been saying yes the whole time. Okay. Um, You're still confident in that take? I'm not confident in any of my takes, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not why they're called takes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Like if anybody out there is a sports gambler, anything I do, just take the opposite. I'm kind of that way too, man. Uh, I don't think I've won a bet this past week on (laughs) NBA, so – I mean, looking at the schedules, and again, like it's always funny. Like we're talking here in May, we don't even know what the final fifty-three man rosters for some of these teams are going to look like. Yeah. But knowing what we know right now about these teams, based on how they performed last year, Philadelphia seems to have an easier schedule. I agree. And if you take an easier schedule, and I think the two teams are probably very comparable. Yeah. It would probably lead you to believe that Philadelphia is going to have a higher win-loss total. Yeah. That being said. I've been saying Dallas since last November. I'm sticking to it. Okay. I I respect that, that you're sticking to your guns. Yeah. Um, is Zeke still RB1? Yes. And I know that you and I had some discussions about this last year. You are on the Tony Pollard train. Heck yeah, man. Um, I think they're a nice combo. The thing with Zeke is, is he the Zeke? Should he be making the amount of money that he's making? Absolutely not. Yeah, the, what hundred million dollars, ninety million dollars? Totally agree. Terrible egregious. contract. Yeah, for Dallas, um, it's just it's hard to maintain as a running back when you're getting hit three hundred times a year. Yeah, between catching, running, and pass blocking. So, um, but he can still put up a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. To me, that's just like the, he just lost all of explosiveness since his rookie year, his, even his second year in the league. Now it's like, I don't know, his longest run of the year is like eight yards uh, or 
he might have a twenty yard game like one or t- once or twice. But I will be curious to see he's what a plotter now. What type of physical shape he comes in? He seems to have gotten a little softer around the midsection, <laughs> and I don't know if that's by design. <laughs> but, by design, well, put on a little weight, you'd be able to take a little more punishment, and he doesn't have to be that home run guy anymore. He's not the third down guy. Pollard's that guy. Okay. Um, and you know, getting, getting fat getting is never by design. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know lots of people in Wisconsin who probably got fat by design. Um, That's just because we like to eat. <laughs> and drink beer. Yeah. Um, so can you get back to, like, it, like Zeke, if you're going to wear the, the midriff jerseys, like, you got to bring the six-pack back. Yeah, the crop top, man, might have to hang that up on the shelf for yeah. a while. <laughs> but if he can get four to five yards of carry, which is kind of where he's been, even though he's lacked kind of that home run hitter status. Yeah. Like, he gets eight. 15 to 20 carries a game you're getting four to five yards a carry that's still 60 to 80 yards a game he's gonna get the goal line work okay let me ask you this is he a top 10 fantasy running back still i'm not touching him i'm not touching him let's take our leagues a little different with the keepers yeah your standard fantasy league yeah is he a round one pick a round one pick are we talking about just running backs or like no just yeah just uh, your standard fantasy draft uh so i'd go just off, just off the top of my head, I go JT, right? Yep. Najee. Yeah. Uh, Derek, Derek Henry. Henry. CMC. Uh, I I personally wouldn't touch CMC. So you would take CM, you would take Zeke over CMC. Yeah. I I personally CMC is on a don't draft list. Okay. So we're, uh, okay. We'll we'll spark that off. So we have Najee, uh, JT, Derek Henry. Probably got throw on Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's uh, four. Alvin Kamara. Five. Uh, Eckler. Six. Uh. Mixon. Seven. Uh, uh, I'm going Cup. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. So Justin eight, Jefferson. That's 10 already right there. He's not a first-round pick. What about 12 run? Or <laughs> 12, 12 team? 12 team? <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Aaron Jones? No. I think he's going to split too many carries. Um, I'm trying to think. Wide receivers. Devontae? Maybe. I'm taking Adams. Yeah. Tyreek Hill? No, not there. Tua scares me. Um, uh, Denver, Denver. Um, nobody out there in Denver scares me. DeAndre Hopkins. He's a, He's a six-game suspension. Um, to draft one of the guys from San Diego or L.A. God damn it! Wow, <laughs> oh. San Diego. Uh, I mean, my point here is he's not a first-round guy. Yeah, probably not. Like even if you say, I oh, mean, we forgot about Chubb and yeah, oh yeah, Chubb's taking over him. Yeah, dude, he's second round at best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I would agree with that assessment. I just think he's for like a second round pick. He's probably decent value. Who would you rather have, Kelsey or Zeke? Uh, Mark Andrews or Zeke? I think I'd rather have Mark Andrews because I think he is the offensive Baltimore. Kelsey. <sighs> Kelsey. <laughs> See, I mean, you start asking these type of questions, and you're like, yeah, Zeke's kind of pretty much falling off here. I know, but uh, is it falling off if you get 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns? 1,000 yards in 17 games, man? I mean, it's not that great. I think there was like 12 guys that ran for 1,000 last year. It's not like what it used to be. Yeah. Hmm. And he's not really much of a receiving threat anymore. No, Pollard's kind of stepped into that role. I don't know. 
Um, you, you you can take Zeke. I will let you have Zeke in fantasy this year. Your boy Mike can take Saquon Barkley. Uh, I will not be drafting either of those guys. We'll talk about Saquon when we get to the to the Giants. To the Giants. Yeah. Uh, your next question here is: uh, Can C D Lamb step into wide receiver one role? He's gonna have to. Um, that is the probably the biggest question for that offense. I think that is the that's the tipping point of twelve wins versus eight wins if cd lamb can be a legitimate wide receiver one fantastic but if he doesn't if he's not capable of being double teamed every play having defensive tilted towards him um if he's not capable of handling that load and now you're looking around at like dalton schultz uh trying to bail you out every week or like jalen tolbert and like zeke i mean it's, it's gonna be rough on offense it is gonna be rough so he has to make that leap because he hasn't shown that he can be the legitimate wide receiver one week to week to week yes I mean he, he can put up like a spot like a 125 yards and touchdown like every like once a month maybe not even um yeah, but yeah. he has to do you gotta get that consistency yeah he needs to be 80 90 yards a game every game Dalton Schultz needs CD lamb to be 80 90 100 yards a game because absolutely because i like dalton schultz i had him on fantasy last year uh from a financial standpoint really good franchise tag for dallas because he's probably worth 12 13 14 million dollars a year and they got him at like 10.6 but for dalton schultz to succeed he can't be the focus point of that offense i agree there yeah they need he's not mark andrews he's not travis kelsey he's a good tight end yeah he's solid but he's not like a guy that we're focusing our game plan around um, what are your thoughts on Prescott just in general? I think he's a good quarterback. Is he a top five quarterback? Oh, no, he, he's no. paid like one. That's why I ask. That's everyone gets paid like one, that one, like one when they're up when they're when their turns due for getting contract. Everyone gets paid. Yeah. Um, top ten. I think so. Fringe top ten. Yeah. Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins. Dak. <laughs> Eyes closed. I'd probably take Dak too. Um, your next question is, um, is Parsons the best player on the team? 100%. I think he'll... Let me ask you this question. Who sells more jerseys, more fan jerseys? Parsons or Prescott? Parsons, I think. I think so too. I think, I think Dallas fans are like got a love-hate relationship with Dak Prescott like I don't think they're all sold on him man and Parsons there's what's not to love yeah you know rookie you know defensive rookie of the year he could be a DPOI candidate this year he was last year yep uh I mean he runs a 4-3 phenomenal linebacker edge rusher like I mean I think he's probably the best player on that team Uh, the only guy I could say maybe would be the best player would, would be Dak just because he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, Parsons as a rookie really just exploded on the scene. It was phenomenal to watch. He he was a stud. The other guy in defense we got to talk about is Diggs. He, he, what, he, he, he is the equivalent of a home run hitter for corners. It was yeah. either an interception or giving up a touchdown. Yeah. Because he hit, like, what, 12 picks last year? Yeah. It was a ton. But he also, I think, was he the gave only up over guy. A thousand yards. Yes. Receiving. Yep. yep. And he bites on every pump fake, trying to get that interception. My comp for him Does is he... like is Marcus Peters' Kansas City version. And Andy Reid got so fed up with it, he's like, "Yeah, if this guy trade him." Yeah. Do you think that he can be tamed down 
to like, hey, we don't need 12 interceptions. Let's cut. We're fine with five, but you got to stop getting burned on every double move. Like, do you think they reel him in? Yeah. Is that and, your question? And, and is it is it possible to reel a guy like that in? That's tough, man. My my gut says no. Like, he's a gambler. I don't know if you can just coach that out of him in six months, man. Like, that's, that's going to be rough. And plus, you're, you're going to get that stat line of getting 12 picks. You're going to point to that in contract negotiations. You'd be like, look, I get 12 interceptions. I get five touchdowns. Like, you're going to pay me $20 million a year or yeah. I'm walking. Like, yeah. And if, you know, if he doesn't, you know, say he gives up 500 yards receiving, you know, gets two picks. What does that do in contract negotiations? Yeah, there's two sides to every negotiation, yeah. though, because the next negotiation, like the team side, is going to be like, yes, but mm-hmm. you also gave up more yards than any outside corner in football last year. Yeah, and like teams pick up on that in a hurry. Like he's going to see more double moves this year than I think probably any outside corner has ever seen. <laughs> He'd be great with. He just needs, to, you know, play like two man under and just like have like an, a safety over the top so he can bite on stuff all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just needs a little extra help. Yeah. Um, and then we already talked about deck, the offensive line. You know, we talked about this during the draft. I like the Tyler Smith pick. <clears throat> um, having him go round one, I like that they address that immediately. They need to get back to the offensive line being the focal point of that team, especially with Zeke, who's now getting another year. Yeah, Pollard's another year older. Dak is probably best when the running game gets going. So, you know, does it hold up? I mean, we'll see. Do you think Tyron and Zach are getting towards the end of their careers? Probably. I think so, too. I just don't know if they can stay healthy for all 17 games at this point in their careers. Like Tyron, he's having a trouble every year now. Yeah, um, he had that neck issue a year or two ago. I mean, if you lose one, if you, if you lose Tyron Smith, I mean, you're cooked. Mm. Zach Martin is more a little more replaceable because he's more inside. But yeah. like, if you lose, you know, your franchise left tackle, now you're. Ugh, I mean, I just don't like that at all. Because <laughs> you're playing like Terrence Steele out there, and I mean, yeah, they need to Tyler Smith. They need to stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. Um and now you got these boys in Philly coming with the heat. Like that front seven's no joke. You got Chase no Young, joke. Montez yeah. Sweat. Like you got some hunters out here <laughs> you now. Got in some your hitters, division. some heavy hitters, yeah. So yeah, it's no cake. Well, Kayvon Thibodeau now. Yeah, Thibodeau. Um so last question on Dallas then. Is this a team with the most pressure to perform or else people getting fired? So are you talking McCarthy? Yes. So what would have to happen? For you to see Mike McCarthy on the hot seat, they missed playoffs. He's in his. Th- this is his third year. I think so. If they miss playoffs, does he get fired? If they anything's win, possible with Jerry Jones, I know. But you have Sean Payton lingering out in the that multiverse they, here. That they would have to trade for. I think he would have no issues trading <laughs> trading for Sean Payton. Did you see who might be in that category today? Who? Um, or who? John Gruden. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, bum. No. Uh, what team was it that was talking about trading for Sean Payton? I was gonna say Miami, but it's not Miami because they just hired Mike Daniels. Um, oh, who was it? Miami wanted Tom Brady to be like a business owner, minority owner. Yeah. 
All right, well, please hold. Uh, let's get back to McCarthy on the hot seat. If they miss the playoffs, is he fired? I guess I'm going to cop out and say it depends on how they miss the playoffs. Okay. If everyone's healthy and they win nine games and they miss the playoffs, I could totally see McCarthy getting canned. Okay. If Prescott breaks an ankle or, you okay, know, there's... barring injury, barring yeah. injury. If they miss the playoffs and, like, there's no major injuries to, like, a Prescott or a Micah Parsons, if they just flat out miss playoffs, just didn't get the job done, is he fired? <sighs> the fact that they had to answer questions about McCarthy getting fired after winning 12 games last year and then losing a playoff game. No one has any faith in this man. No. Which I do think is a little unfair. Oh, definitely. Like he's still a good coach. Like we like to poke fun at him cuz yeah. you know. I think he's a good coach. I it just he just makes egregious errors at the most inopportune times. He needs to delegate certain things. Yeah. Which they which is why they brought in that goofy position. Uh, who did they bring in? Uh Schottenheimer? Yes. Yeah. Who's like the I don't even know what his title is. He's like the head of the coordinators. Yeah. He, he's like, wait, what? Isn't that what the <laughs> head that, coach is yeah, supposed to do? Yeah. Exactly. So maybe he can delegate some of that stuff he's not good at, like time management, timeouts, challenges. Um, I think he's a very good de- um, QB coach, a uh, very good developmental coach for the offensive side of the football. Um, decent at X's and O's. Horrible at time management. Doesn't really care about defense a whole lot and isn't the best people person. Yeah, I would agree with all of those things. He's more of like a blue-collar, kind of like like go to the local bar and throw a beer back kind of guy. But Which like, is why I think he was successful in Green Bay. Yeah. I think like... But when you're talking like more corporate guys you're trying to like get along with, I don't think he's the right fit there in Dallas. Yeah. I think if they miss the playoffs, I could see him getting canned. I could totally see him getting canned. If... Uh, like if any team in the playoff or any team in their division, basically, miss playoffs. Do you think Dable's getting fired? Do you think Sirianni's getting fired? Do you think uh, Rivera's getting fired or McCarthy? Which one is the most likely one to get fired if their team misses playoffs? Well, I think Dallas has the highest expectations. Yeah, that's my point. They have yeah. the most pressure on them. They have the most pressure on them for sure. I could see Ron Rivera getting fired. You think so? Okay. Yeah, I do. I think Riverboat Ron might be on the hot seat. <laughs> he's a good coach, man. I like him. I do too. And he's, you know, he had the cancer thing that he's overcome and, you know, a lot going for him. I think players like him. Yeah. But like anytime you have a player's coach, like we, we talked about this with Dan Campbell. Like, yeah, that's great. And the rah-rah speeches and you might win a game or two you're not supposed to. But like eventually you, you, you got to perform. Yeah. Like you can't win seven to nine games a year and yeah. constantly miss the playoffs and keep a job in the NFL. Yeah. Like you got a show. So I think Ron Rivera could also be on the hot seat. Okay. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> okay. Do you want to go Philly next or New York? Let's go Philly. Let's go Philly. <sighs> Scariest dark horse pick. For Super Bowl. I think they – well, let's look at the odds of Philly making – oh, by the way, Sean Payton tied to the Carolina Panthers. Ugh. Carolina would be willing to trade for him. If you're New Orleans, you do that in a heartbeat. Yes, and if you're Sean Payton... uh, I'm not going to Carolina. Let me try broadcasting for a year. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, Also, if you're Matt Rule, 
not great. Matt Rule's cooked, man. <laughs> He's cooked. They, they're he, giving him like six games. He might be a lame duck this year. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, odds to win Super Bowl. So I think Philly might be the best team in this division. Uh, I would say they're probably my dark horse Super Bowl candidate because um, you got Tampa, uh, you got Rodgers, you got Stafford, but I think I think Philly's got a shot, man, in the NFC. So Philly is plus. Well, I guess it depends on what sport book you look at. DraftKings has them as plus twenty five hundred. I'll take that odd. I think Green Bay is like plus seven hundred. They're plus a thousand, I believe. Plus a thousand? Oh yeah, dude. So it, yeah, it depends on which sports book you look at. Vegas Insider consensus. So just for people's perspective, Buffalo is the odds-on favorite at plus 660. They have Philadelphia at plus 3220. So I think for the value, yeah. That would be a smart bet. Yeah. Um this team, how far they go is going to be all up to Jalen Hurts. For sure. Yeah. Cuz I think the defense, the front they might have the one of the best front sevens in all of football, at least on paper. Yeah. Their back half scares me. Yeah, there's not much there. There's just like Darius Slay <laughs> and Anthony Harris, and that's kind of about it. Yep. And, you know, they addressed defensive tackle, linebacker, and backup center mm-hmm. in their first three picks. They also brought in A.J. Brown for one of those picks. Um, so I, they have the weapons on offense now between Goddard, Brown, Smith. Sanders. Sanders. Like, they have a nice offense. Defensively, it's it's going to be – so on offense, it's going to be can Hurts throw 3,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, and keep the interceptions down? Yeah. Um, and then on defense, it's can the front seven generate enough pressure to take some of the pressure off those corners? Yeah, that's a big question of that. Uh, Jalen Hurts is probably the biggest question mark on their team. Do you think he is a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year? No. No. I don't. I haven't That's seen tough. it. I haven't seen enough out of him yet. Okay. To to have, <clears throat> to have a lot of confidence where I'm like taking him as like quarterback eight in fantasy. Okay. You, Kirk Cousins, yes or no? I, I like Kirk from a fantasy standpoint. You know this. <laughs> Dude, the guy's thrown like 40 touchdowns and like very few picks, and he's got Justin Jefferson. So if your league's got bonus points for long plays, Kirk's going to throw probably five or six touchdowns over 40 yards this year. So there's a stat out there that was Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts have like this like exact same stats through three years in their career, which is kind of crazy to me. It, does, crazy. it doesn't feel like that. Jalen Hurts is a lot quieter about it now. <clears throat> uh, Jackson has had much more of a roller coaster type career. Yeah, like he had the. I was looking at his MVP stats. They were insane. I mean, threw for 36 touchdowns, ran for like 12. Yeah. Only threw six picks. Yeah. But then like last year, I know he was hurt, and he didn't play the whole year, but he had like 16 touchdowns, 13 picks. Yeah. Like very up and down. Yeah. So Hurts has probably been a little bit more steady without looking at his stats. But it, does he have a 36-6 and six year in him? I just don't – I don't know. Like He's if never he does, had an A.J. Brown, though. That's, that's going to help. Yeah. And it's going to help guys down the line. It's going to help Smith because now he's not getting corner one. Yeah. It's going to help Goddard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because now they have legitimate threats on the outside. I think the offense might be a top five offense this year, honestly. It, again, it's up to Hurts. Yeah. Like this is this is Hurts' prove it year. For sure, him and Tua are like the same boat. They have like we gave you all the weapons. This is your prove it year. If you don't make it, goodbye. Yes, one hundred percent. Both Alabama quarterbacks <laughs> on the same team. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's totally Hertz's prove it here. Like, either you do it now or you, you don't do it. Um, if Hertz doesn't work out this year, what do you think their plan is going in next year? Because he got two first-round picks. He got a loaded draft class. Also, we've been seeing quarterbacks being dealt left and right now. Yeah, you have Kyler Murray destination. Do you think there. Kyler Murray might be a, a trade candidate for Philly? I don't. I don't think Arizona is going to let Murray walk. If Murray says "give me 60 and they they balk at that, there's two first round picks hanging out there for him. You don't think there's so Murray's got his fifth year option next year, yeah, and then a franchise tag waiting for him. Okay, but that franchise tag is looking at like 40 million right now. Better than 60. Fair, fair. But, I mean, like, <laughs> uh, we'll see how the year plays out. But if Mighty Mouse over here can't get it done, can't get to the playoffs, say he flames out, they can't beat LA Rams, right? He wants $50 million. They say no. There's offers out there for two first-round picks, maybe, like, you know, Philly's two firsts and then their first in 2023, 2024. Um, so two to three first-round picks, let's say. It, that's got a conversation you got to have, right? Yeah. Because you're probably looking at the same draft capital to move up high enough to get one of these top quarterbacks in next year's draft. Yeah. The question then becomes value. You just paid A.J. Brown 100 mil. Oh, yeah. that's Every team's going to run into this conversation now. Yep. So if I'm going to use the same draft capital and try and get up, because let's, let's say they win eight games. It goes... It's like the absolute worst case scenario for Philly. They win seven, eight games. Yeah. You're still going to be picking in the teens. Yeah. To move up to five or six to probably get Stroud and um, Young will probably be off the board by then. But maybe you're looking at a Will, what's his name? Will Levis. Will Levis Levis. or like Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, there's a loaded class. Yeah, it is. Do you take your chances on a young guy like that, knowing that the hit rate's around fifty percent? But at least you're only paying him thirty million over four years. Yeah. Let alone you're giving up three draft picks to now pay Kyler Murray fifty million a year. Yeah, that's gonna be super interesting. I can't wait. That's, I, I, if if I had to guess what direction Howie Roseman goes, it's probably younger and cheaper. Younger and cheaper. I don't know, man. He, he I feel like he's more of a gambler of pushes chips in the middle of the table and let's let it, let's go for it. Yeah. That's kind of what he did with Carson Wentz and uh, that year. I mean, mm-hmm. Carson got hurt, but he paid for Alshon Jeffrey. Um, he invested in the offensive line. Uh, Fletcher Cox got a huge deal. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's more of a gambler than a lot of more conservative GMs out there. Hmm. Really interesting question. Yeah, I, I, th- I think yeah, I think for sure Kyler Murray is going to have this question looming all looming over his head and Arizona's head for the next. 12 months of if you don't sign an extension what are we going to do with you yeah yeah until he puts cardinals back up on instagram mm-hmm. that's going to be a question and you know like you and i have talked about you've said multiple times like that is just a locker room killer yep where everybody's got to talk about freaking kyler's contract your backup hunters doing media broadcast <laughs> talking about kyler murray's contract you know same thing with baltimore man 
the longer that situation goes on, the more worried I'd be <laughs> if I was a Ravens fan. Like if that deal's not done by the start of training camp, you're worried. You're officially yes. on like DefCon Five. Yes. Because this is his fifth year, right? And yes. And he has to be franchise tag next year. He could be tagged by March. By yep. Yeah, man, that's DefCon Five. Oh my God. Everybody else in his class has either been signed or, in Baker's case, seemingly cut, even yeah. though he's still on that roster. Well, good luck, Lamar, man. I hope you get your money, but if you're Hopefully your mom's on the phone. Yeah, man. Shoot. Um, Fletcher Cox last year in Philly? I think so. I think that was a Jordan Davis pick. I think so, too. Like, hey, learn under him for a year. This is going to be your spot. I mean, maybe – I mean, he's such a legend. Like, if he wants to continue to play, maybe he comes in for something really cheap, probably below his market value. Yeah. So it just becomes a question of – you know, does he want to stay in Philly versus does he want to try and get? What if he got money? to like eight to ten sacks? Oh, Philly would love that problem. Yeah, because I think him and Hargrave are both like on their last year of their deals. So I think Hargrave's got one more year than Fletcher. One more year. Okay. I think he's got two years left, and Fletcher's got this year. Yeah, so that's a that's that's a tall task to ask of a thirty. Uh, 32 year old i think mm-hmm. d-tackle but i mean if he can do it he's got the talent i you and i jordan davis fan club here i'm <laughs> excited to see what he can be kind of turned loose too yeah do you think he gets four sacks this year i think four is probably the ceiling yeah yeah i think he's gonna be more of like a run defender so you think they're gonna play him like georgia did two downs yeah I mean, they got him hargrave and and fletcher cox kind of get that rotation and going. on third down i mean you're putting off fletcher cox to hargrave yeah so I mean, you, it's nice for them to have a rotation of big, of just monsters in the middle of their line. For sure. Fresh for 75 plays a game. That's a great problem to have. But, like, you know, when it comes down to on third down, I think it's probably going to be Fletcher and Javon Hargrave out there. You still got Brandon Graham. You got Derek Barnett. You got Usain Hassan Reddick. Like, you got edge rushers. So you could slide like Barnett or something inside, even too, and not even have Hargrave out there and just have Fletcher. Mm-hmm. It's Their front seven's pretty sick. Their front seven's good. And if Nicobe Dean stays healthy, yeah, that helps. Even though he's you know a little bit smaller, but Duke can play football. Um, so what do you think their win total is? You had them over nine pretty I, easily. I think eleven. So you think eleven and six wins this division? I think so. Yeah. And you said by maybe two games. So you think Dallas is looking like at nine. like nine and eight? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <sighs> I'm not high on Dallas whatsoever. Their defense is like mediocre to me. You lost your wide receiver one. It's gonna be interesting to see if CeeDee Lamb can step up. Zeke's fat, not a shave. <laughs> uh, you know, YOLO, right? Um YOLO. Uh it, it's I just don't see them being a twelve win team anymore. So, we'll see how Mac coaches this year. But yeah, I I got Philly winning this division by like probably two games, eleven eleven wins. Interesting. All right, man. We'll see. That's the fun part about this is we will see. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go over to Washington. Okay. Um, your first question here is how long is the leash on Wentz? Uh, I think he gets this year. How many games? All of them. All of them. No matter what. Well, no. I think if they're they're like like two and seven. Yeah. Then I think they throw Hollow out there in at the end of October. Not Heineke. I think Heineke's gonna be cut. I think so. All right. 
Okay. So you think if they're just out of it, you think Carson Wentz is just benched? Like two and seven, you think they just bench Carson Wentz and and how yeah the reins? Because because I think this is probably an eight to nine win team. Uh, I think so too. They got a lot of nice like building blocks. You know, they, Chase Young, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, uh, decent offensive line. Yeah. Uh, great front seven. Great front seven if they can stay healthy. Chase Young was hurt last year, which really hurt them. Yeah, I think they're an eight nine win team. So yeah, if they're sitting at two and seven. One and six, they might throw Howell out there to see what they got. Uh, why not? Okay. Um, but with Wentz, with his two-year deal, statistically he can be slightly above average. Yeah. He can get you 30 touchdowns and 10 picks, which is a good spot to be. Yeah, There are some question marks about his ability to win games that matter. Uh, did you see the NFL scheduled them to play Jacksonville in Week 18 again? Oh, ouch <laughs> that's that's brutal okay <laughs> that's the, so he's got to fight those jaguar they're demons. just tro- openly trolling him now that's great <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> i saw that and i gave that a good little chuckle he's got to fight the jaguar demons in week 18 yeah. if they're carson, fighting for a playoff spot. carson it's on the line again i need you to win this game it's jacksonville bro it's jacksonville again yeah that's rough so Ooh. so i think as long as they are around 500 i think I think he plays all 17 games. I agree there. I think if they're out of it, if they're, you know, if by Halloween they're like two and seven, I think he's done. Yeah. And then his career is probably over. Then he's a backup. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's still going to get paid they next probably, year. They probably cut him and just take the dead cap and, dead cap and, and then he's signing up. And then he's like Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Signing a five to seven year or seven million backup role somewhere. Yeah. So yep. it's a big year for him. For sure. Make or break, man. Yep. Uh, best front seven in football. They're up there. They are up there. I, I mean, Chase Young is a stud when he's healthy. Um, just two years ago, we were talking about this, I think, maybe last week. They had a, they had a top 10, a legit top 10 defense in football. Do you think Chase Young could be a defensive player of the year candidate? Yes. Do you think so? I think if he's healthy, he could probably get you 15-plus sacks. Fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with that. I like. To see, do you have the odds? Can you pull the odds up real quick on defense player of the year? Yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald's probably the favorite. Miles Garrett's probably up there. T.J. Watt, Michael Parsons. So that's basketball. Maybe a dark horse uh, DPOY candidate. That'd be super interesting. If he if he won DPOY, that mean that they're 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 playoff bound if they're if they're doing that. T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald are tied for the best odds at plus 700. Miles Garrett, plus 750. Micah Parsons, plus 1,000. Nick Bosa, plus 1,400. And then Chase Young at plus 2,000 with the other Bosa brother, Joey. That's a good <coughs> bet, man. Throw 100 on that? For plus 2,000? Not bad. Yeah. So of the pure pass rushers, you got Watt, Garrett, the Bosa brothers, and Young. Chase Young could have the most sacks. I don't I, know. TJ Watt's still an animal. Yeah, I, was, I don't know if he's got the most sacks. He's going to have to have some like splash plays, I think. Like, if he doesn't have the most sacks, he will not win player of the year. Okay, fair. Because at his position, like if you're not number one. Pretty much, it, yeah. In the one stat that matters. Yeah. Unless like all of his sacks are like strip sacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, right? You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm getting at? Like, unless you create all those turnovers. Yeah. 
I mean, because if TJ Watt gets 22 sacks again, yeah, uh, he's your player of the year. Yeah, I, he can do that. If you had to pick right now, who are you taking on that on that board there, TJ? TJ is the smart money. Yeah. I, so with Aaron Donald kind of waffling about retirement, does he get any like sympathy votes from voters if he has a good year? Like okay, let's like he might like we might not ever see him play again, and he had you know ten plus sacks and does what he does in the middle of that defensive line. I don't think there's sympathy votes for anybody in the NFL. Okay, it's just a pure statistic league. Yeah, I think there's more narratives in NBA voting for their awards. NFL, I think, is more of like a you know black and white thing. I think I would take Aaron Donald as DPOI though, and maybe and like my dark horse is probably Chase Young there plus two thousand. You said, yeah, yeah, it's not bad odds for a dark horse. The other dark horse is the other guy at plus two thousand, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, he's got Khalil Mack there. He's going to get single teams all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I would take him over his brother at Nick. Yeah, and Nick's at plus fourteen hundred. <clears throat> I just think Joey Bosa is going to like you said with Mack on the other side, he's going to get more single teams. Less attention. Yeah. I, I think that'll be good. Um, Where does McLaurin rank? Pay him. Ooh. It's so tough with wide receivers because so much of it depends on Wentz. Okay. So, like, let's say fantasy football. From a contract standpoint, I think he's probably worth – like Mind Mike you, Carson, Williams, money. Carson Wentz is the best quarterback he's ever played with. Let's say that. Yep, yep. I, I think he's probably worth like around twenty. That's it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get AJ Brown money at twenty-five. Really? I don't think so. Then you're not going to get him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. First of all, Washington's cheap, so I don't think he's going to be in Washington long term. But if you have, if you, I mean, I, I, I love. Terry McLaurin, he's a phenomenal receiver. He's putting up numbers, like ridiculous numbers, with Taylor Heineke and some really, Fitzmagic. Yeah, like some pretty bad quarterbacks. Um, to say he's not even like AJ Brown money, like twenty five million, I think it's pretty, pretty. I think it's a low ball. His TD numbers are too low, and I know he's played with bad quarterbacks, but he had five touchdowns last year, four touchdowns the year before. Julio Jones scored like <coughs> touchdowns a year, man. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't put touchdowns into, like, as big a stock as most people. If you want to make 25 to $30 million a year, you got to have double-digit touchdowns. Julio Jones never did. Julio Jones never caught the ball in the red zone. I can tell you this because he's always on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with Andre Johnson back in the day. Andre Johnson had, like, two touchdowns a year. It was ridiculous. Another guy who uh, probably wished he didn't stay in. Houston as long as he did. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I would have a hard time paying that kind of money for... I so, mean, Julio... The other thing with Julio, since we're talking about him, like I got his stats up. Let's take the last two years out of it because he certainly hasn't been the same. But in 18, he had 1,600 yards. 17, he had 1,400 yards. 14, 1,800 yards. 1,600 yards. Yeah, well, touchdowns like, though. You're right. He had... Shit for touchdowns, eight, three, six, eight, six, two, ten. Exactly. Eight. So your point of like, oh, the touchdowns won't be there, so he can't get paid by AJ Brown. It's just, 
that's your counterpoint right there. Like touchdowns don't matter as much. I mean, the guy's gonna get his yards. He's I, gonna move the sticks. He's your best wide receiver, getting double teams every play. I just guess he if, runs a four three. If I'm a <clears throat> if I'm a if I'm a GM and I'm building a roster, okay, and you're looking at paying some guy more than ten percent of your salary cap. To me, it's got to be a guy like Adams, like Tyreek Hill, <clears throat> like that kind of money. To me, needs to be reserved for okay. stars at that position. So, do you think he's a wide receiver one? Like in the league, do you think he's like a Devonte Adams, like wide receiver one? Do you think he's Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill? Like, he, do you think uh, Stefan Diggs? So, no, I don't, you don't view him in that wide, category. You think he's more of a wide receiver two? He's a second banana. I think so. I guess it de- it depends on how you look at it, because I think he can be like I would put him up there with like Amari Cooper, who's getting paid twenty million a year. Um, you know some of these other guys who are still quote unquote wide receiver ones on the team, but are getting paid between ten and fifteen in the total rankings. You know what I'm getting at. So if you're a team building, if you had to take, would you? It, this is a really weird way to say this question. Do you think Terry McLaurin, do, would you feel comfortable with Terry McLaurin being your, more of your wide receiver one or more of your wide receiver two if you thought you wanted to like go to the Super Bowl? Like, would you want Terry McLaurin and like a Devontae Adams? I mean, obviously you want that. Yeah, yeah. But like, are you going to pay for that? Like, Devontae's getting $30 million, I don't think you McLaurin's could afford to do that. Million. I don't think you could afford doing that. Because now you got $50 million tied up in yeah. two wide receivers. Yeah. I, I just think, I think he's better than like wide receiver two caliber. Like wide receiver two caliber to me is like Chris Olave. Um, yeah. I, so again, I think he's a wide receiver one. Yeah. I just think he's going to end up being a wide receiver one on a team that's going to cap their wide receiver one money at like twenty million dollars. I don't know. I think if it's if he hits the open market, if he's a, legitimate free agent like i think a perfect landing spot for him would be like cleveland cleveland <laughs> with, with deshaun watson now oh yeah but then you're you know you're paying 25 for him 20 for amari well but uh, cooper's not gonna be there very long you don't think so no okay. i think he'll get cut probably next year mm, just with that kind of money it's only 20 yeah, isn't that funny how we're talking about wide receiver money now? It's like, only oh, it's 20. only 20. Yeah. 22 years ago was like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mike Evans getting those deals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I. Let's run through it real quick. Where do you rank them? Uh, who'd you take over them? You take Diggs, so Diggs, Adams. Brown, Adams, Hill, Jefferson, Chase, Cup. Cup. Mike Evans? Yeah. Evans. Chris Godwin? I think he's comparable to a Godwin. Okay, that's fair. Um, so like that's a perfect situation, right? Where you got Adams or uh, Evans and Godwin making like twenty to eighteen. Like that's what I think McLaurin's okay. gonna. That's land. fair. That's fair. Like that's like a perfect comp for him. Yeah, a, I, a, a really good wide receiver. Just like I need to see more. And again, he's played with crap quarterbacks. So maybe this year with Wentz, if Wentz is <clears throat> average to slightly above average, maybe his stats just take a giant step forward. But for him, I think patience is probably good than trying to rush into an extension. What did what did um, Godwin get paid? Like three for sixty? Did he get an extension, or is he on the tag again? No, he got an extension. I just don't know. I just can't <coughs> remember what it was. But if you're saying like Godwin, I, I agree with the comp of like his like. Skill levels on the Chris Godwin tier. What what does that signify as like money? Um, 
Blue sold. Yeah. Three for 60. Three for 60. So you're saying about 20? Yeah. Okay. That's All right. I thought you'd probably get 25, but yeah. And again, that's why if I'm his agent, like, don't get me wrong. It sucks this year. He's probably making like 900K. So when you're looking at 20, you're looking at what Brown just got 25. It's hard, but like patience could be in his benefit. Yeah. Because if he goes out with Wentz and has 1,400 yards, eight to 10 touchdowns, now your value skyrockets. Yes. Sucks for him that he's in Washington. Washington isn't exactly known for paying their star players. Yeah. So we'll see there. Uh, Riviera, the coach there, in two years from now. I'm going to go no. No. The division got tougher with Philadelphia getting better. Okay. If he doesn't make the playoffs the next two years, like he's gone. I think I agree there. I think uh, we like we were talking earlier. He and Mac are probably like on the hottest seats of any of the four coaches in this division. And he, like we said, he's, t- he's tied to Carson Wentz this year. It's not a great situation. He could be fired if they miss the playoffs. I mean, he he hasn't. They haven't made the playoffs in what two years? Three maybe now. Yeah, they haven't. Uh, they haven't won a playoff game in forever. <coughs> and the year they made it to the playoffs it was RG three. I think that was a while ago. Yeah, were they still the Redskins then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. So Rivera's got to start turning things around a little faster here for him to like have some job security, I think. But he's such a well-respected coach throughout the league where I think he he would get picked up. So they made the playoffs in 2020. What? Oh, they did. Against they were, Tampa. They, they got were, They yeah. were 7 and 9. Yeah. Yeah. They uh they got whacked. <laughs> they, uh, it was a very it was a closer game than most people expected, but it, they, I think they had uh what's his face? Oh, Taylor Heineke started that game. That's what yeah, it was. That was kind of the beginning of his little yeah five minutes of fame. But yeah, I think if they don't make the playoffs in the next, he might be on the hot seat this year. To be honest, that that franchise has so many problems off the field that maybe he survives. True, true. They just want to keep someone there. Just some stability. Some stability. And, like, who are you going to get coming into that situation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then you got, last thing here, defensive player that needs to take a leap, uh, Jameen Davis. So, yeah, so he had 15 games. He had start. He had eight starts. Uh, only had 78 tackles, only one sack. I don't think he had any interceptions. He was a 19th overall pick for them last year. Uh, he runs a four four at middle linebacker. He probably is better as an off ball linebacker. He's not as big as your typical middle linebackers. Uh, but if they really want to take a leap on defense, that's like the guy that needs to take that leap. If he can take over the middle and solidify the middle and be like a like a Deion Jones type of middle linebacker, that would be phenomenal for them, and that would be the key for them taking the next level. Yeah, I got to admit I don't know much about him, so I'm gonna. He's a nice little middle linebacker from Kentucky last year. Yeah, so uh, without risking sounding stupid, um, <laughs> I don't have much to add. But again, like you said, that front seven's already good. If you can beef it up with some good middle linebacker play, yeah, absolutely. I think as bad as the division was last year, I think I think this is going to be a tough division. You think so? Everyone says yeah, that every year. I know, and every year it's like but very if you, lackluster. Let's let's assume let's assume your take on Dallas is correct, and they're an 8-9 win team. Even Philadelphia, an 11 win team, and then you got Washington as a 7-9 to win team. Like, that division's already better than it was last year. Okay, fair. And if you have, like, 
I compare. I mean, maybe it's a bad comparison because the NFC North is weak, other than the Packers. Yeah, but like, you know, even the NFC West, which is probably the gem of the NFC, the yeah. East might be better top to bottom. I disagree completely. Seattle is going to be in the running for the number one overall pick. Okay, but New York could be too. Yeah, <laughs> LA is probably better than Philly. They were in, they won the Super Bowl, so yes. Yeah, but I think they have some serious question marks coming into this year. Uh, we'll get to them and we okay. get to the West. Sure. Um, Arizona, who knows what they're going to be? <laughs> okay, I agree there. They're a little bit of a wild card. And then San Fran's going to have basically a rookie quarterback. So you would take. I'm still taking the trio of San Fran, L.A., and Arizona over. I think if you Philly, if you Dallas. if you played like ten seasons, like if you could simulate it, you, I would probably agree with you. I'm just saying, like you could have the NFC East could have three teams at 500 or or right there. Okay, I mean, I'll give it to you. Seven seven and nine is 500. Well, now it's seven and ten, so no, I would not say that. Okay. You'd have to be quote unquote eight and nine. All right, so you're looking at two teams that are 500. You don't In think Washington NFC? gets there? 500 to no. eight. No. Eight wins? That's still under 500. I know it is, but <laughs> with the stupid 17th game, nobody's going to be 500 anymore. And it won. That's true. <laughs> and if there's a team that could tie, it's going to be Washington. Yeah. So, I mean, to answer your question, I don't think three teams are getting to 500 or better in in the East. Is there a division this year that has three playoff teams like last year with the West? Um, in the NFC. Let's not do NFC, yeah. AFC. Um, it's not the South. It's not the North. The West. You think the West still, still gets like three West. teams? I still like the West. I'm going to say no. Okay. I think there'll be three divisions with two teams. The, uh, so you're going like New Orleans, Tampa, Philly, Dallas, and L.A., and whoever? Yeah, and if it's not if it's not Tampa, oh, no, New you Orleans. Want, you think it's going to be Minnesota. Green Bay, Minnesota. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody wants to send me a Kirk Cousins jersey? <laughs> Let's go, Kirk. You got to prove Brian wrong. All right. Um, New York. I don't really want to spend a ton of time on New York. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do your last question first. Yeah. Gettleman set this team up for such bad long-term success, they cut maybe their best corner in Bradbury. Yeah. For financial reasons. For sure, man. He, he, I mean, he's 30 years old, but he's still got some talent. Yes. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. He's wherever he lands, it's going to give a team an immediate boost. A team that probably did not expect a corner of his caliber to be out there in May. Top of your head, where do you think he lands? Quick reaction. I'm trying to think. I saw some spots that had him. Vegas is the one that pops up. There was another team that I thought made a ton of sense. Philly? Philly. Yeah, yeah, dude. If he goes to Philly, it's over. Yeah, it certainly would help. You get Slay, you get Bradbury. My biggest question mark for Philly is their defensive backs. Yeah, if you can add a veteran of, of his caliber this late. Yeah, and if you're a Giants fan, you guys gotta be like, what a uh, kick in the nuts, yeah. right? Like <laughs> our team's so poorly managed financially that we have to cut probably our best corner. Yeah, and now we got to watch him play for Philly. Well, I'm pretty sure they were such in they were so bad financial straits last year. Like towards the end of the year, they had they couldn't field a full roster. They only had played like 51 guys. They couldn't sign anyone uh, for bare minimum. <laughs> they, to me, 
what I like about this last draft is I think they need to do like what Denver did, what some of these other teams are doing, where it's like you need to just work on building out your roster, throw Danny Dimes out there. He's going to get his ass kicked, whatever. He's done. And then draft a guy next year or bring in a vet or however the board shakes out, whatever it might be. Yeah. But like you need to focus on some of these other areas knowing that you're probably still going to win three or four games this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I don't think Daniel Jones signs an extension. Yeah, I don't think they want him. I no. think this is a make or break year for him, but I think everyone pretty much knows this is it. Yep. And for him, it's it, right? If he's got a good year, maybe you can sign on somewhere. I still don't think it's New York. Um, it all depends. Like if they, if if there's like some multiverse where he like makes playoffs, he's back. The problem is, and you have this on your list as well, is your probably best target, Tony, doesn't want to be there. No, doesn't even have the playbook. Doesn't want to be there. What a shit show. Yeah, man. Gettleman had a good pick, and Tony, he just he's very talented. He just um kind of a airhead. Yeah, and you know, winning solves all of these problems, and, yeah. and catching touchdowns specifically for wide receivers like Tony solves these problems. But it ain't happening this year. No, like even if he was in camp showing up, he's probably with Daniel Jones at quarterback, probably destined for a similar year last as last year: six, seven hundred yards receiving, four touchdowns. I think that Wandell Robinson pick they had might have like signaled like the okay we're kind of done with tony we're not gonna like totally give up and just like cut him but like we're looking for like to move on so they got so many wide receivers they got galladay that's a mess it's a whole different conversation galladay what a terrible signing (laughs) sterling shepherd darius slayton you got tony you got wandale robinson that you spent a second round pick on a guy as your wide receiver five yeah i think like shepherd and slayton can both be like Wide receiver twos? Yeah, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. They need a guy. Yeah. You think Gallaudet is a wide receiver one? No. Even, like, say say he had an actual quarterback. No. I mean, no. You, you look at what he did with, like, Stafford. He had nice fantasy seasons with Stafford. Nice fantasy seasons, but he's not worth four for 72. No. Uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, he had zero touchdowns last year. That's because he played with Daniel Jones. Dude, you want to make $72 million a year, you still need to catch a touchdown. <laughs> I totally agree. There's no excuse not to catch a touchdown. Like, that's yeah. egregious. Like, I caught as many as he did last year. Uh, but I think he's a very talented player. He's 6'5", he runs a 4'4", four, 4'5". Four, four, like, he, he's got talent. He's not like a bum. No, he's not a he's not a bum, but he's not worth $18 million a year either. 18 is getting pretty pedestrian <coughs> in this market now, man. Still not worth $18 million a year. Uh, a guy to watch getting cut next year. He had uh, $40 million guaranteed. Yeah. His dead cap is $31 million this year, so he will be on the roster guaranteed. Next year that number drops to 14.7. I could see the, a new GM just saying. Who's better, Galladay or Allen Robinson? Oh. <laughs> I love hitting these questions with you. Man. Well, I'm going to cop out. I think Allen Robinson has a better year this year. Well, yeah, because it was Stafford. <laughs> but if you put Galladay on, on the Rams and you gave him Allen Robinson's role. They're like the same age too, aren't they? Similar. Galladay's 29 this year. Robinson's got to be right around there. 
and everyone's raving about the Allen Robinson signing for the Rams. Like I know. Like, say Gallaudet gets cut and goes to, like... Robinson had such a bad year last year in Chicago. Again, circumstances. circumstances. I'm going to go Robinson. Okay. By hair? Yeah. Okay. I, I, not super confident. Still, I think that's that's a good wide receiver, though. Like, I, I think that's a... Gallaudet is yeah, still a and, good and, wide receiver. It's just <coughs> unfortunate that maybe we're just giving Joe Judge and Too much Danny grief Dimes. for being in... And again, it goes back to... It goes back to at the wide receiver position, like as an agent, fit is everything. Yeah. Like you have to know, like, <clears throat> okay, New York's giving us an offer that's four for 72. Nobody else is even close. Yeah. But, but this is probably your last contract. Yeah. I was like, there, they, there was nobody else. I think it was them in Baltimore, and like that was it for his services. But like if you're looking at Danny Dimes versus Lamar Jackson, even if Baltimore is offering you $12 million less, four for 60. You have to seriously consider that long term. Now he's 28, and there's no guarantee playing into your 30s at wide receiver. So yeah. you know what? Get yours. Get paid. He got 40 million guaranteed. I I don't blame the decision. It's just think. It's just it's a conversation you have to have. Like, okay, we can sign here, but this could very well be where your career ends. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's that's good. That's a good, fair argument. Yeah. Just it's like when twelve million bucks staring in the face. It's like when Greg Jennings that. went to Miami back yeah. when Miami had nobody. It's like okay, well that's your last team. Yeah, because you're no one. You're gonna have like five hundred yards and two touchdowns, and no one's gonna. Right. No one's gonna want that. Um, what else do we got here? Um, would you give Saquon an extension? I think this is probably the question. The this most important question. Yeah. Um. He's been. He had two things going against him. Obviously, the knee. Their offensive line's been a sieve. So they got they got Evan Neal now. Can Evan Neal step in and help? Um, he he's gotta he's gotta get back. I mean, if he gets, I know we talked about a thousand yards isn't what it used to be, but if he gets a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns, I'd pay him Aaron Jones money. Like what, four, four for forty eight, twelve a year. Okay. That's below his extension. I think his or no, his extension is his fifth is year like, option. Yeah, or his fifth year option. Excuse me, is like is it like nine or ten? So you're saying I think like ten. Raise. I think like ten to twelve million dollars a year. Ten to twelve. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's got the potential. He just he needs more help, and I don't know if post knee can he get back to where he was as a rookie. Those those are the big question marks. He's he he he's got the biggest prove it. Where are you taking him if? As a fantasy football player, where are you taking him in, like, first round? Mm, no. After we did the list. Yeah. I think he'd probably – I think squarely. Zeke? Is he behind Zeke? Is he, so yeah. So we're talking about second round. I think I think he's behind Zeke just because I think Zeke's got a better offensive line. Okay. But counter to that is he's probably a better pass catcher than Zeke. And with a young quarterback who's yeah. probably going to be afraid to turn the ball over and might check it down yeah. a ton. Yeah. Do you think he can stay healthy this year, though? Yeah, I'm not worried about the knee. You're not worried about the knee. I'm but not. I'm just worried about all the nicks and yeah. He, he just you know, sprains his ankle. He like, he's injury prone. He is injury prone. I, I think drafting in fantasy is probably going to be between pick fifteen and twenty five. I I totally agree. I wouldn't. I would not touch him in the first round. You know, I would say in probably sixty percent of the leagues he will. 
go to the first just, round? Yes. Just, just from 2018. Based on that potential? My God. I mean. People are stupid. Honestly, man. Honestly, if we're talking fantasy for a sec, I'm not taking a running back in the first round. Even if you have picks in the top. Five. I mean, for our fantasy draft, yeah, I'm gonna, I have a lottery pick, right? Yep. I'm not taking a running back. You're on wide receiver? Absolutely. Wow. Unless mm. it's like uh, maybe Derrick Henry, but I don't even feel confident about that anymore. Yeah, he's coming off the foot. Like, if I can get, like, Devontae Adams, I'm taking Devontae Adams in the top four or five. Interesting. Because, like, in our league, like, Cup's probably going to be gone. Yeah, like, I'm Kept keeping him. And Jamar Chase and all the, like, you know, a lot of the top guys. Like, Jetta's probably, I think he might be out there. But, like, if like if it's, like, Jetta's and DK Metcalf and, like, Devontae Adams are out there, like, I feel way more confident than playing every single game, every snap, than, like, CMC. Or yeah, I I CMC's on my do not draft list. Yeah, so I mean, he's honestly, played four games the last two years. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm probably gonna go wide receiver. Tyree Kill, maybe I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah he sucks. He's in Miami now, but like, but you know what? They're gonna find a way to give him the ball, right? And if like Tua can only throw the ball 35 yards, then it's gonna be a lot of just slants, quick routes. I mean, Tyree Kill is so explosive, yeah. and with Waddle on the other side, yeah. He's not going to just be able to be double teamed. So Hill's not a bad pick. Waddle's not a bad pick. Right, right. Um, so would I give Saquon extension? I mean, he's got to prove it this year. That's just that's just the bottom line. What's proving it? Like twelve hundred yards, a, a thousand plus, and he's and he's got to play at least fourteen games. Fair, fair. Fourteen out of seventeen. Yeah, yeah he's got to play that. He's got to get the games played, and he's got to get. I'd say probably. I'd say over a thousand. I'd say probably twelve hundred. I mean, as a running back, like you mentioned, then Nixon things are going to come. It's hard to probably play all seventeen games as a running back, but you got to play most of them. Yeah. If he only plays in six to eight games again this year, he's not getting extended. I agree. Um. Did we talk Thibodeau? We haven't talked Thibodeau yet, man. You Is he the most important player on defense? Probably, just because he. Wait, you, I was gonna say wasted. That's not fair. Wasted. <laughs> uh, you used a, um, you know, top five pick on him. He, he's got the most hype around him. He's got the personality. It'll be interesting to see how he handles the pressure. Yeah, I think he's probably like your best pass rusher day one. Um, Ojolari had a good year last year, but Thibodeau I think is like a whole new breed of athlete. So um, you lost Bradbury now. Um, God, I think Peppers is still there, but no one that really like screams like star potential on defense. But Thibodeau, the thing that sucks with Thibodeau being in New York is the expectations are going to be sky high. And like, if he gets like seven, eight sacks this year, that's probably like a good year for a rookie. Very good year for a rookie. But they're going to kill him for it. But it's New York. Yeah. Like they expect you to come in and have twelve, fourteen sacks. Yeah. You, like you're not Micah Parsons. What, you, what the heck, man? Yeah. That's probably his biggest. Uh, Biggest thing. Um, okay, last thing, and then we'll wrap this up. Worst to first possible? Absolutely not. Yeah, no way. <clears throat> um, I think they're. Yeah, I think they're um, picking the top five. Yeah, I think so too. Top ten. I I would be almost willing to guarantee top ten. I'm there with you. Top ten guaranteed. Stamp it, book it, mail it. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think. I think if you're Joe Shane, 
I think you're okay with that. I'm okay with it because you look, you're gonna get a great rookie quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. You got your, your good head coach in place. You got some building blocks now with Neil Tibbs. Um, you know, hopefully Saquon proves himself. Yeah, rooting for that guy. I mean, I don't want to see any running back fail. But. No, but if Saquon doesn't, you have new GM in there who's probably willing to come in and use a third or a fourth round pick to replace him. Yeah, for sure. So it, it's going to be a rough year in New York uh, for the Giants. But, but I like the direction they're going. Yeah. I like I like the way the, their two picks, their top, their two top ten picks this year were great. And if they can continue to draft like that, a couple of these guys hit. Yep. Uh, they could be back with the right quarterback probably in three or four years. Yeah, man. I agree. Sounds good. Anything else? No, that's it. That's all I got for today. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, give us a follow on Twitter, Impact Sports Management, Instagram, Impact Score, Impact Sports underscore football. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.